you doing today? This is uh, chopping it up with the doc. Um, here today, just talk a little bit about just basic um, healthcare issues in the community. Um, you know, we discussed quite a few things in the um, past couple of weeks. I think we've been working on some uh, nutritional things and common things that you may have at home to treat common problems. I I remember discussing with you on a previous um, show that there are a lot of people out that talk about healthcare regimens and things you can eat and drink for this ailment, this ailment, or that ailment. The issue is, is that there's no central body that compiles information about this to be able to tell you that this is the exact amount that you should take for each one of these elements, you know, for your, for whatever medical issues you may or may not have. The, um, the problem with that is, well, you know, people are different sizes, weights, um, and people are oftentimes maybe taking medications. So the things that you eat or drink, you know, may be, may not be as bioavailable or available to you for the purpose you're drinking or eating it for as it may be to someone else. So there may be a big disparity between just two or three different people. You know, everybody drinking the same drink, but, you know, we have to sit around, we have to figure out how to work with it uh, until you achieve the benefit that you want. Remember the rule that I have given you guys, start low and go slow. You know, so if I tell you, like I will give you some, uh, maybe two regiments tonight to help with a common problem. You know, if I say, you know, five celery sticks, okay? You may want to start with one and work your way up to five. If I tell you a half a cup, you might want to start with a quarter cup or two tablespoons, you know, and gradually build your way up to make sure you're not going to have any adverse reactions to, you know, one of these concoctions I call them that, or health drinks um, to assist you with your medical issue. So, you know, it's interesting. You know, a family member in um, complaining of um, a lot of uh, excessive bleeding, female um, uterine bleeding, and you know, I remember one of the previous shows we were talking about uterine fibroid embolization. You know, she had just happened to ask, you know, what my thoughts were about hysterectomies. The, um, I told her, I said, no, no, because, you know, she was really upset because she wanted that. She was considering having a baby and, you know, knowing that couple, the way I know them, you know, it's like, wow, that is a big leap forward for them even to consider, you know, wanting to, you know, have a child in their life. Um, cause before they wanted no children. Now all of a sudden they're considering it. And, you know, now if she had gone through with the plan that was laid out for her, that would be completely out of the question again. But I was able to talk to her about, you know, the uterine fibroid embolization procedure, which, you know, is uterine sparing, treats the problem and allows the incubator to basically house the developing baby, so to speak. 
So the incubator being the, the uterus. Now, the reason why I'm talking about that is because one of the things that she had been suffering from for years, I mean, years, I, you know, I mean, I, you know, how well do you really know someone? You don't really know what's going on with them until they tell you. Um, and she's always tired, always got headaches, always dizzy. Um, and the issue is because she, she just suffers from excessive, you know, dysmenorrhea or uterine bleeding, you know, prolonged periods that come every single day, all day long. It's just, it's just, you know, a real nightmare for her. Now, the thing with the anemia is that, you know, she's been on iron pills, um, which is what, you know, one of the things that we give people, you know, give them iron pills, you know, give them one tablet a day, three times a day. And she suffers from severe constipation as a result of it. And, you know, doesn't seem to really help her. You know, and it, it's, a, it's amazing. I said, I wish I had been able to help years ago. I mean, a lot of the problems she's having would have been long ago. Yeah, I mean, we could have gotten rid of these things easily long ago. But the thing is now with this anemia issue, a lot of people suffer from anemia. All right. And, I mean, you hear people say, you know, all the time, I'm anemic, I'm anemic, I'm anemic. You know, one of the common symptoms of anemia is what? Lightheadedness, dizziness, you know, always tired, no energy. You know, I mean, these are universal symptoms. I mean, they, they, it, can, it can mean a man in one things, but today we're discussing anemia. We'll talk about the differentials as we as we go forward. You know, um, shortness of breath when they you know trying to exert themselves. You know, all these little things are associated with anemia. Now, men really should never be anemic unless they have some type of genetic issue where they were born with like a sickle cell trait or sickle cell anemia, so to speak. You find that a lot um, in the African-American community. But if they are not born with anything like that, then men should never have issues with anemia unless there's an underlying problem. Females, on the other hand, are going to be slightly on the anemic side. I said slightly, you know, not grossly, not, you know, not severe, but slightly only because they menstruate once a month, normal cycles. So on, on a, you know, because of that long going cycling issue, you know, they tend to be mildly anemic and the heavier their cycles, the more anemic they are. So the thing is, is that, you know, so how do we fix this, right? You know, we know what the symptoms are, okay? All right. A lot of people out there are experiencing them every day. So, I mean, it's easy to give iron and folic acid, you know, and say, take this. But then you find people are having issues with just going to the bathroom on a regular basis. And that, you know, that's even more concerning. The first thing I wanna do though, before we, get into how do we handle this anemic problem with just common things we have around the house is that 
you're going, here you are, you're on your way to the dock, you know, male or female. And the dock says, hey, you know what? I found you to be anemic, all right? Several kinds of anemia, but the one that's more concerning is this, um, the anemia, this iron deficiency. Okay, now, I'm sure there are quite a few people that you may have heard that have passed away from things like colon cancer. I don't know why all of a sudden there's an uptick in colonic issues like cancer, you know, or if it's just for becoming more aware of it, or if it's because there have been a couple of people that are quote unquote of some sort of status actors politicians you know those type of people uh, that have suddenly succumbed or just succumbed to colon cancer um because it wasn't diagnosed or it was just very aggressive et cetera, et cetera. you know you know all of a sudden you know we become more aware of it. but let's go back to the beginning a little bit all right Coming into that, I'm tired, I'm dizzy, I'm lightheaded. You know, I get a little shortness of breath. Doctor says, hey, we found you to be anemic. Now, you know, well, okay, doc, why am I anemic? I'm a man, I said, I shouldn't be anemic. I heard that men really shouldn't be anemic unless there's some issues. What kind of issues should I have or what I have that could cause me to be anemic? All right, well, there are several, okay? But the first thing is that we have to be concerned about are those things that are life-threatening, common things occurring commonly. You know, years ago, we started screening for colorectal cancer after the age of 50, okay? Um, routinely after the age of 50. Now the age has dropped down to 45, all of a sudden, because of the incidence, the number of people contracting this problem has increased, you know? And I'm gonna tell you flat out, I think it's mostly related to your diets, you know, what you're putting in your body, you know? We're putting horrible things into our bodies, a lot of preservatives, you know, these, saccharides, disaccharides, these sulfates, these disulfates, you know, these artificial things that maintain food color and make the food last on these preservatives, okay? These unnatural things, all right? And if we're not getting these unnatural things, we're filling our body with, you know, processed foods or fast foods, you know, we're not eating and drinking and living properly, okay? And I think what's happening is that we're, we're getting so much of this negative, this negative feedback going into that the body's responding, you know, and it's responding in a negative way, all right? And when it does that, you know, unfortunately, you know, we develop issues like you know, colonic lesions, okay? I mean, there's a, there's a genetic, you know, component associated with it, 
but we're seeing way too many people with this. Now, they claim that people of color die more readily as opposed to people not of color. Well, the issue with that is not that the disease is more severe in one group of people than it is in the other. The issue is that, well, we wait until the last minute to go find out what's going on. You know, we wait till we get to the, we, we go to the doctor after we've lost 40 pounds and, you know, we just don't feel good and we got pain. So, you know, I'm going to, you know, plain and simple. All right. Whereas someone else may go to the doctor on a regular basis for routine checkups. All right. Or as soon as they notice any change, we wait a little bit longer. And by the time we get there, oftentimes people of color, all right, the stage of the illness is at a latter stage as opposed to maybe in other ethnic groups, you know, where the, the, the staging is a lot lower because they, they were, they had, they were underwent an early detection process. All right. And that's what this is all about the early detection process. You know, we're talking about anemia. So now, now it's a lot easier. All right. They have this colo guard. All right. That you can actually order. Comes to your house. All right. With the instructions, you basically, when you're going to the bathroom and you're basically, and you, you're wiping yourself or cleaning yourself. You just apply a little bit to the card, fold the card, drop it in the packaging and send it out. It's that easy. Okay, and basically the results in there will tell the your physicians, you know, will receive a report saying that hey, this smear is consistent with um, a, a, a possible carcinoma. Recommend follow-up. Okay, or it'll say no negative, nothing. All right, now. Negative nothing sometimes is not always nothing, but you know, for, for the most part, you can rest assured that, like, hey, the likelihood, okay, and say the likelihood that I have this, this uh, colonic carcinoma is minimal because I'm testing negative. All right. It's not 100%, but it could be 95%, 98%, or 99% likely that. You know, this negative is a true negative, so to speak. Now, if that's the case and you're at the right age, do I, you know, you have, if you have no symptoms, you know, you could feel confident that you can wait another year, six months to a year, and test yourself again. If you're on the other hand, then the doctor's going to bring you in and they're going to perform a procedure called a colonoscopy, where they're going to look and see what the problem is, if there is a problem, okay? And that's how that works out. I mean, in the past, you know, we would just say recommend colonoscopy every 10 years or, flex, or flex, flexible sigmoidoscopy, you know, prior to that, you know? Where we are, you know, knowing the way people are, we're not gonna do the flex sig because getting people to prep, drink, the, drink that liquid, go to the bathroom for the next 24 hours, Okay, and then come in to get the procedure, which no one really wants to have done. They're not going to want to go through this twice. So we just go ahead and get them in there once, get them cleaned out, check. We get to see the colon all the way around to the other side of the belly and basically say, hey, this is what we got. 
if we have anything. Now, all right, so this is something that you have to check, all right, on a regular basis because, hey, you know, I'm anemic, all right? Why am I anemic? Well, I'm mostly worried about that because that could be life-threatening, correct? You know, now the scary thing is our hardest thing is women because we know that they have a reason to be anemic, right? The scary part about that is that they suffer, if they're suffering from heavy periods, all right, or issues with fibroids where they're bleeding irregularly on a, on a constant basis, then they're going to be even more anemic, all right? Tune in to what I'm saying to you. You're, you're going to be more anemic. So you're at the gynecologist's office, and they're treating you for anemia, okay? Because, you know, your anemia is not going to get better until, you know, they set you up to have a hysterectomy or what have you to take the issues away from that, that, that issue of irregular bleeding away, okay? But the thing is this here, you know, I've been in a situation several times where that anemia was not the result of that irregular bleeding from menses, all right? That menses bleeding blocked out the underlying problem. So everybody says, hey, you're anemic because you're bleeding. It's obvious, all right? Let's get this hysterectomy, all right? After a while, you know, eventually someone will say, you know what? Let me just get a scope and see what's going on. The colonoscopy, so to speak. And then you find that, wow, look at that. That's really the demon is really coming from. That's where the problem is. All right. The uterine problem is just, you know, a red herring or, you know, just a, a mask over the real issue. Now, a lot of people, if you're not asking the right questions, could this be something else or is it this? Okay? It's your body. You have to ask this. All right? Your life. All right? Even though we go to see professionals and we, we expect them to know a lot of information, this can often be overlooked because the obvious, all right, it's blocking the issue that should be really obvious, the real problem. Okay, so it's quick for them to say, ah, "We don't need to do anything else. We just need to treat this. Let me give you some some iron, uh, some birth control pills, et cetera, et cetera. Send you on your way." The problem is, by the time we figure out what the real problem is, you're no longer at the beginning stage. You're at the end stage. Okay, which means that. You know, your chances of survival were down to 5% as opposed to 90, 95%, you know, if we if we had done something early on. It reminds me of a, another story of a gentleman who was diagnosed with new onset diabetes. You know, the problem with that is, is that he was diagnosed around the age of 
I'm gonna say he was about 60, but somewhere between 63 and 65. You know, and that for me is a red flag. All right. Yeah, you can develop diabetes. All right. But I shouldn't develop diabetes at that age. All right. I'm going to develop issues with my sugar is usually around the 40s, 30s, maybe younger. All right. But after 50, all right, I need, you know, you got to think a little bit. All right. Why would a man that never had any issues with sugar develop diabetes into his 60s? Okay. It's easy to overlook. Very easy to overlook. And treated with, what was he treated for? Sugar. Taking the medication for sugar, taking the medication, getting, taking insulin, da, 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 going to see his regular PCP, giving insulin, giving insulin. A couple years later, he started developing pain. Hmm. Why do you have pain? Probably just a little bit of gastritis. Let's give you a little bit of Nexium or Tagamet or, you know, Zantac or, you know, um, Prioset. You know, that's a common one. So he's taking this. He's taking the insulin. He still has this pain. So I said, you know what? You need a scan. Why? You know, I'm not his doctor, just a friend. But ask the doctor, your doctor, to get you a scan. What kind of scan? Tell him you want an MRI with thin pancreatic slices. You know, just to make it complete. And he looks at me. He's like, why? So let me just, just tell me what the results are when you get, it. you know, I didn't want to scare him. I just said, you know, maybe that scared him a little bit, but he got the scan and it was just as I suspected. All right. He ended up with a pancreatic lesion, which was unfortunately cancerous, you know, and most people that have known other people already know the prognosis for that is pretty poor. The, so sometimes, you know, you're the general. When you go see someone for help, you're the general. You know, you need to express yourself and just say, you know what? I know this looks like A, but are you sure that there's nothing else that it could possibly be? All right? That's what, you know, they should be they should be going through all the different possibilities in their head that could actually be causing the problem that you're complaining about and ruling them out say it could be this but there's a small chance that it's this 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 or this so what i'm going to do is these things to make sure that this this and this you know is ruled out so to speak so that my initial concern is correct. 
So my story, the story you give, that's the one thing you got to work on doing, is telling the proper story, okay, so that he has enough information to process what's going on with you, okay? So with that in mind, all right, going back to the anemia issue, all right, once again, most common cause for anemia is what? Bleeding. Other common causes of anemia are chronic diseases, medications, you know, you know, reflux. People take these um, Pioxets and Nexiums. You know, you take these things for a long period of time, yes, they may cause a little bit of the anemia. Certain antibiotics, you know, can cause anemia, like uh, Bactrims or whatever. You know, they have a longer generic name, but Bactrim, the penicillins, you know, they can all cause anemia. Now, one of the other symptoms, which is actually very common, I didn't mention, is pica. Pica. You know, people are like, well, what the heck is that? Well, if you notice somebody constantly eating ice, you know, that's the most common, you know, they always got ice chips, ice, you're all looking, always eating ice. You know, for some reason, people that are anemic, okay, they're always looking for ice, ice chips, ice chips, ice chips. That's pica, all right? All right, basically looking for that. For some reason, the symptoms make them want to eat ice chips. It's, it's the weirdest thing in the world, all right? So that's something you want to keep in mind, you know? Everything you also got to think about things from head to toe, most commonly the thyroid, all right, chronic infections, all right, all these types of things can cause issues with anemia. Okay, now with that in mind, I want to talk a little bit about B12 and folate. Okay. B12 and folate cause a different type of anemia, all right? We call iron deficiency anemia microcytic. That's because the cells get small. And we call B12 and folic acid deficiency macrocytic because the cells get bigger, all right? But they're both, basi both basic anemias. Now, B12 deficiency may take a long time to develop. Okay, but its manifestations are a lot more severe than a folic acid deficiency. You know, B12 abnormalities, okay, are associated with numbness, tingling, imbalance, what we call an ataxic gait, but basically you just walk, you, you have your difficulty, difficulty with walking, you make it simple, okay? Um, common causes for these types of anemia. Folic acid deficiency, eh, not really associated with any neurological problems, okay? The, both are actually easy to correct, easy to fix, you know, but, you know, it's not, and they're not easy to detect because when, by the time people come in to see you, they're so 
deficient that you got to do replacement, especially B12. You know, they come in with problems walking. You find them in uh, on walkers. You find them on crutches, canes because they can't steady themselves. It's 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 just like wow. And you, and you do the, you you do their their, their tests. Like, you know, some people think they got MS, and they might have a simple B12 deficiency. Where is B12? Okay, well, it's going to be in your food. Where? Mostly meat. <laughs> meat products. Very simple. So, you know, for the people, they're most likely to develop issues with B12. Well, those are going to be your vegans, vegetarians, or people that just don't eat meat. Okay? Period. Um, you've seen a lot of people that are heavy having bypass surgeries, okay? So any types of procedures or medications that you're taking related to your stomach can cause an anemia, a malabsorption issue, okay? So whether it be B12, folate, or iron, you know, you're taking medications that can that interfere with the absorption of these things. It can cause an anemia. You know, so you got to be aware of what's going on. Let's make it. Let's let's let's, let's simplify this thing. All right, even more. You have. Um, we have to figure out how we're going to fix this. Okay, I mean, we know that. You know, you can have issues with um, infusion in, in severe cases, weakness, you know. The one thing you got to be careful with is, of all things, it causes, you know, B12 and folate deficiencies of alcohol. All right? Alcohol, it interferes with the liver. You know, it can cause issues with anemia. So we have to be, be mindful of our alcohol consumption, okay? Now, what are we gonna do? Well, we got two regimens here that I'm gonna share with you today. One is called the green juice. <laughs> We're gonna call it green juice, why? Well, simple thing. One peeled lemon, a half a cup of parsley, Two pears, you know, fruit pears. You want to cut them up a little bit. Maybe you just cut them in quarters. All right. Three cups of spinach, fresh spinach, and six celery sticks, so to speak. Want to probably chop them up as best you can. Throw them all, throw it all in your blender. Okay. Maybe take hmm. Um. Maybe some coconut juice, all right, or coconut water, whatever you want to call it. Pour that in there, okay? And basically just grind it up until it's a nice, a nice smoothie, all right? Drink that down. These foods are loaded with iron, okay? They're loaded with B12 and folic acid. All right, you know, not no, not so much B12, but folic acid 
and iron. B12 is tricky. You know, I've had people ask me, say, you know, what can I take from my B12 deficiency? So, you know, the best thing for B, you know, because the stores last forever. I said, you know, once a month, man, just go out and eat a steak or a cheeseburger. Easiest way, the easiest way to keep yourself from having issues with B12 is once a month, you go have that steak or a cheeseburger, right? Eat you some meat, eat you some chicken, eat you some fish, you know? The Mediterranean diet, I always tell people fish and or chicken once a week, meat once a month, all right? That's good for cholesterol, sugar, high blood pressure, weight management, you name it, all right? The rest of on the other, everything else is purely vegetables. It's a wonderful diet because, well, first of all, it's very healthy, all right? Me, it took a while for me to come off of a lot of the meat products. So what I would do, all right, for me, I cheat. You know, whatever is being made in the kitchen, I tell them to take the sauce and pour it over top of my vegetables. Just, uh, it would, you know, I'd have the flavor of whatever they were cooking. The meat, let them eat it. Me, I just want the juices on top of my rice and my corns and my string beans, whatever, 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 whatever vegetables. Are. You can eat as many vegetables as you like, eat as much starch as you like. But the thing was, like, there were no meats. Now, if you got issues with sugar, of course, you know, you don't want too many of those starches. All right. But the green juice, all right, you can make this at home. All right. A lemon, parsley. You know, a couple of pears, some spinach, and some celery sticks. All right. Not too expensive. A lot of these things you may already have in your refrigerator. If not, you know, they're easy to pick. It's easy to pick up, you know, any of these things at your common supermarket or vegetable stand. Now, I was reading one day that some people actually make liver juice. Ugh. You know, I don't even like the way liver tastes, you know, when it's in its meat form. So I ain't eating that. I'm definitely not going to drink the I'm not going to grind up that and drink a liver juice. No way. You know, why? Because liver is rich in all of those, especially B12. It would be that the worst meat there is, in my opinion, unfortunately, you know, that would give you all your B12. But if you want, if you can tolerate the liver juice, by all means, enjoy. You know, but for me, it's got to be palatable and something I'm going to come back to on a regular basis. I can't see myself after that going back to that again. Now, another um, good regimen would be some spinach. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say a half a cup of cashews, or you can get the cashew butter. I prefer I prefer the actual cashews themselves. I can grind those up and mix them into my my drink. Um, two cups of raspberries, coconut, okay, some chickpeas, coconut or almond milk, and basically you just want to blend it down till you it's nice and smooth, 
and you can drink that down. All right. These are just it's just two different regimens that are good for people with anemia. Now, the reason why I like these is that first of all, it doesn't require any tablets to take. They're palatable, and there's no issues with constipation. Okay, and if you fix the underlying problem with anemia, a cup of the, either one of these every day for a couple of weeks, and that should bring your blood count levels up to you know normal or close to normal. A couple of weeks is all it takes. All right. So some of the foods that you want to look at that are good sources of iron, B12 and folate, nuts, also, also lots of protein in nuts, okay? Dried fruits, and we've all seen those in lots of different forms and lots of different places. Dried fruits are very good, okay? Um, iron fortified cereals, you know, it's, it's funny, when I first thought about iron fortified cereals, you know, I was thinking about, wow, what's iron fortified? And the only thing I could think of was baby cereal, you know, that rice cereal and barley cereal that babies eat. Then I realized that no, cream of wheat is an iron fortified cereal. I forgot all about cream of wheat. You know, the farinas, iron fortified cereal. There may be some cold cereals, they're iron fortified as well. So you want to definitely, you know, look at those. Legumes, basically beans. I know people that won't eat beans, but, you know, they're wonderful sources of the folic acid, you know, iron, except beans. Okay. Doesn't matter. Pinto beans, lentils, chickpeas, you know, kidney beans beans. And of course, your dark, leafy green vegetables, spinach, broccoli, and the one vegetable that I forgot that you can make a wonderful juice out of is beets. It's funny, blood red beets, or, you know, or the silver beets, whatever one you call them, you know, they look like blood. They're actually good for the blood. So you can you know, cut up a couple of beets. You can throw some, some spinach in there, um, some of the other um, ingredients that we talked about, and make a wonderful juice. Beet juice is actually, it actually tastes, it doesn't taste too bad. It actually tastes pretty good, all right? Especially when you're going to mix it with some of the other things um, to take away some of the acidity, and it tastes good, all right? Of course, oats and the one thing, tofu, also has, you know, rich and, you know, B12 and folic acid, all right, as well as iron. Now, the other thing that's good is prune juice, okay? Prune juice is a wonderful source of iron, okay? So you, you can actually drink some of that and that'll actually help, help you with, you know, your blood count. So now remember, you know, if you were taking any kind of notes or you got a good memory, you know, and you're putting these things together, all right, write it down. Write how much you put in, drink it, see how it tastes, see how it makes you feel, 
give it a month and see if you notice a difference in how you're doing. Okay. If you find that, you know, I may need to add another celery stick or another cup of spinach. You know, you got to make it, tailor make it to you. Don't accept, you know, so easily my formula. All right. My formula is just generic. All right. Tailor make it to you and what you like what you need, but you have an idea that things that need to go into your blender, all right, to make your drinks, all right, to help you with your anemia. Write it down, all right? Use that and keep a chart. You know, you go to the doctor, you say, let's say you go to the doctor and your your blood count is, say, 35, all right? And you're on this regimen and for two or three months, and you go back, your blood count still 35, so you increase it. All right. And you go back in another month or two and you find your blood counts now 38. Say, so, wow, I've increased it to this and I got a three point increase in my blood count. Well, do I want to stay at, stay there or do I want to see where I'm at in three more months? If it doesn't move or it doesn't, if it, or it doesn't, or it gets worse, then I know I need to add more. See, the, the one thing is, is that most of the products even though they're good for us, <clears throat> our body breaks them down and metabolizes them different. So the things that we need, you know, the heme or hemoglobin, okay, or iron, all right, are not readily available to us because we don't necessarily metabolize it well enough to get everything out that we want. So the first pass metabolism, so to speak, or you know, the way our body breaks down things doesn't necessarily give us what we need all the time just because that's just the way our body works. So we have to adjust things, all right, in order to achieve the desired benefit, you know, for, you know, a lot of these um, special drinks, all right? So when we look at these special drinks, that's pretty much you want. We want to write them down. All right, and stay with it, be consistent. Make sure you jot down if you're having any issues from it or you know, if you notice you go to the bathroom more frequently, you're irritated, you're itchy, uh, you, you can't sleep, whatever. You know, so I notice I've been drinking this drink and these are the things that have been happening, okay? And if nothing happens, you say, everything's perfect, everything's perfect. If you find that it helps with something else, it also helps with this. And that's what you wanna share, all right? Share it in your blogs, you know, share it with me because that way I can share it with everybody. I say, okay, if you drink this special green juice, these are the benefits from it. And these are the things that are common that have people concerned. All right. So that this way, now you're creating a central database. All right. So that people can now say, you know, for your anemia, let's make it part of the routine protocols for treatment. So we're not just giving iron, you know, we're saying, hey, why don't you drink some green juice, right? Take some raspberries, some nuts, little coconut juice, all right, some pears and make it taste good. And let's throw some beets in there, all right? Grind it up, drink that down, all right? You can kind of mix and match, you know? You may just want a green juice with just kale, collards, um, spinach, okay? You, just, you may just want something like that, all right? You might want to throw some apples in there just to, 
take give it some give it some a better flavor, so to speak. You can you can adjust these things as you go, and you can they, they kind of interchangeable. All right, so that you can make things the way you like them, so to speak, and that's what you want to share. Okay, and by all means, if you have an opportunity to share it, you know, listen, send send it send it to us at Clark TV Network. All right, so you know I can keep you know the data and the information. And basically say, hey, this is actually what's working for people. I want people to be able to benefit from each other, so to speak, and that information. So with that being said, you know, as a recap, you know, from, you know, previous weeks, all right, allergy season, once again, you know, keep them outside. I'm always going to remind you of certain things. Keep the allergy out, allergens outside. When you come in, be the shoes at the door. Okay. All right. When you wash up at night, this way you don't want to put, you know, the allergens in your bed with you when you're sleeping. So make sure you wash up after being outdoors all day. Get all that pollen off. If you're taking allergy medication, the best time to take it is in the evening. All right. Let it build up in your system because the pollen counts are highest when between five in the morning and 10 in the morning. Why? Because that's when everybody's going outside. So pollen just waiting to grab. All right. So we take our medications before we need them. What does that do? That primes the body and it turns those cells that are waiting to be released those chemicals down so they, they can't release those chemicals and make you sick. Allergy season. That's what's going on right now. All right. Now, we just had an issue with some smoke. You know, these forest fires in Canada. You know, the dry weather in general, because, you know, these things, fires can spark just like that because, you know, the ground is just so dry. But the, 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 these fires from in Canada, the air just basically just worked its way down across the Canadian border and straight on down to continental USA. You know, I came out of the house one morning and it was just foggy. It just smelled like something was burning. I said, like, what the heck is burning? I found out later that it was some fires, but the, the smoke was pretty thick. All right. When you see things like that, all right, and if you don't have to go out, don't go out. All right. We don't know. They tell us it's a forest fire, but we don't really know what's floating in that air, correct? So if you got to go out, wear a mask. Now, there's, I mean, I've had some people. Overkill. They've gone out and actually bought the big old gas mask. And they're walking around with the gas mask on, you know, like they, we've been exposed to uh, some kind of chemical warfare agent. You want to do that? That's fine. You got to be out. Why not? Better, better, better safe than sorry. Protect yourselves. Eyewear because it is smoke. It can irritate the eyes. You know, the mask. To, you know, keep everything out of your ears. You know, make sure when you come in, you wash your hair and. You know, basically take a good shower so whatever particulates are floating in the air, you know, you, you're just not keeping them on your keeping them on your person. You know, we have to be mindful of things that are going on. So, you know, I, I it was it was funny to see that. You know, I was like, look at that. You know, I'm seeing these little white things flying. I'm like, that can't be snow. What is that? It's ash. It's falling ash. It's like, wow, it's actually ash. And it's coming from seven hours away. It's amazing, you know, how big the world is, but actually how small it is as well. All right. 
So you, you, you want to make sure that, you know, we protect ourselves from not only that, but anything that comes floating by, so to speak, you know, so we still have these viruses out here. So once again, right, hands clean, all right, public places, wear a mask if you, if you, if you, if you need to, all right, and basically just avoid it if you can. So with all that being said today, I'm going to say goodnight. And until next week, we'll chat again. But in the meantime, God bless. Everybody be safe.